The crossroads has become a precipice for this generation, and only determined all-in warrior overcomers have any hope of seeing God's ultimate victory. This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. There are plenty of scriptural parallels in God's recorded history of his people to give us ample insights to the challenges of our generation today. And like God's gift to the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12.32, we desire to have the insight of understanding the times to know what Israel, or God's people today, ought to do. In previous episodes of Reclaiming Your Legacy, we've seen plenty of encouraging insight the Bible gives us to choose this day to serve God as Joshua admonished the successful generation of Israel after the conquest of Canaan. His call is clear to be courageous warriors like David and his mighty men, and we must be active watchmen on the wall for our generation, just like Ezekiel spells out so clearly. With our Lord's help, we all must choose to courageously refuse to bow to lies. With the boldness of the Holy Spirit filling us, we can expose demonic deeds of darkness rather than participate with those who have been deceived. I want to remind all our listeners that if you're God's truth-seeking child, you must have nothing to do with evil reports of demonic agendas that manipulate public opinion. Nothing! If you know close friends who are still listening to mainstream media, you should be barraging them with trustworthy, truthful reports from reliable godly sources like the many that I've recommended here on Reclaiming Your Legacy. I'll share more of them today. Unfortunately, a huge majority of our well-meaning, nice Christian population have chosen to be woefully ignorant by listening to the corrupted, satanic, globalist-run MSM. They've not been trained by their unwary pastors and leaders to personally pursue the knowledge of the truth by starting with the number one axiom that has guided my life for five decades. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Test all things, hold fast what is good. In the context of today's tragically confused and ill-informed society, God's people particularly need to be continually refocused on the whole passage that Paul teaches there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And the lack of these principles in the Christian community is why Hosea 4.6 is more applicable today than ever before in modern history. What does it say in Hosea 4.6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law, the Torah, the teachings of your God, I will also forget your children. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. If you have been listening and thinking about the courageous insights that we've gained on this program from many excellent servants on the front lines of the battles in which our generation is engaged, it's now clear that our whole world has been completely flipped upside down. Pastor Scott Kesterson, founder of Bards of War, gave an insightful summary of much of what we're experiencing on a recent premiere episode he did for Brighteon.tv. 
You can look at it and hear it and see the whole program that is recorded at the website that's linked on today's program notes at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Scott's points are so appropriate, and I felt many of his observations were God's providential guide for today's program, so many things in our era have changed so fast in recent months that most people are understandably overwhelmed by the execution of the plans of despicable people who are in extremely influential places of the systems of our age. The government has literally spun out of control, and the nation that we've known has literally come to the brink of destruction. We need to deal with the reality that our country, the country that we've known as the United States, is not just in trouble, it's functionally dead. We all, if we're honest, must come to grips with the fact that we are now facing a rebuilding phase. The choice is ours to either concede to let the enemies of God and freedom rebuild the society according to their evil and tyrannical plans, according to their image, or we can fight to rebuild it in the image of what our founding fathers saw as the first and only nation built on the principles of God's word. It could not have happened 250 years ago without the providence of Almighty God, and it can't happen now without the divine intervention of the redemptive God of salvation and grace who has given his people the ministry of reconciliation to be a beacon of light to the whole world with the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus Christ commissioned his disciples to implement. As warriors who are supposed to not be ignorant of the schemes of the devil, we must realize that the pervasive controlling influence in our nation today, called the left, is committed to do anything that they can to achieve their goals of complete anti-God despotism, and because they openly reject God and secretly serve extremely powerful satanic forces who are hidden from public view. They have no hesitancy to steal, kill, and destroy mankind. However, they can move their demonic agenda forward. The founders, as I've talked about in previous episodes, actively engaged with the reality that defiance to tyranny is our duty to God. If we believe our founders' declaration of independence— we know it is our duty to throw off any such government that becomes abusive to the principles of forming a government with the consent of the governed. If godly citizens of this nation that we thought was ruled by law and accountability do not stand for righteousness respectfully but defiantly, they, the puppets of the satanic globalists, will bully us into complete subjection. What we believed was a republic is now dead functionally, and the sooner we come to grips with that, the sooner we will recognize that we now face a similar challenge that David the shepherd faced when confronting the Philistine giant Goliath. One of us has got to go, and as I've said before, the spirit that God put into David when he said to Israel's cowering soldiers, is there not a cause? is what God's people must honestly decide to respond to today. Correcting election fraud or correcting medical tyranny does not change our nation in the ways that would be reflective of God's righteous purpose for our land to be a blessed nation whose God is the Lord. The Declaration of Independence clearly acknowledged that our new nation was built on the fact that God was above everything as creator and sustainer of all mankind, created in his image. We weren't really designed as a pure republic. Our forefathers built a country that was designed on the principle that we are all accountable to God. 
God blessed this people with the right to choose a government that would lead us and be subordinate to the people, assigned to do the things that are necessary for our protection and well-being. As recent generations of Americans have increasingly distanced themselves from God, we as a nation have lost our moral compass, our ethical guide, our sense of direction and values to honor God and His priorities. We now have a me culture instead of a society that gives itself to our Creator. Never was our society founded to be a me-focused society. We were consciously designed to be accountable to God and one another. As highly interdependent communities, our founders chose a government that would serve the priorities of those communities without being anything like a communistic or socialistic state where government is sovereign. When we look at the branches of our government and the Constitution of the United States, we see the design was highly reflective of biblical wisdom. Other factors that add to our present challenges include our longer life expectancy and our affluent economic opportunities. With unheard of levels of income, people can buy influence. They can do much more to get what they want privately as opposed to what is good for the people of their community. Now, in under a year, we've witnessed the desperately corrupted condition of our governmental appointees and elected officials. With the many events surrounding the crisis of COVID, we've seen that even our church leaders reflect clearly how compromised they've become, like many in the medical and educational establishment, not to mention the worlds of media, entertainment, and corporate banking. The faked pandemic allowed a highly compromised, broken governmental system to be used to fan the flames of fear in order to convince the population to submit to their will. The COVID crisis enabled our population to see a much clearer picture of the warped condition of our governing ruling class, what we often refer to as the elitists. Thus, we can honestly see the miserable state of our government that has practically nothing to do with us. Our government is all about itself. It's about we, the people, being forced to comply and bow to its wishes and the changing whims of its appointees. We end up worshiping government as a kind of God figure, and that's exactly what they intend. Without the COVID crisis, we would not have been able to see the despicable level of deceit, corruption, and treason that is now openly being revealed to the entire world. Most of our government has now turned its back on our people. Even key portions of our military leadership have turned their backs on the people. The government has now proven to be largely focused on tearing down the United States, weakening it from the inside out, turning nearly everything that we know into complete chaos. And they make it apparent that they are trying to spark a civil war of divided factions that reaches a point of no return. The puppet masters are the financial elite, those pulling the strings on all the theatrics from behind the scenes. Big Pharma is a big part of that. It's one of the most demanding cabals the world has ever known. The web of power-hungry control integrates with the Roman Catholic Church, the globalist bankers, and the two biggest capital funding institutions on earth, as well as several elite families whose satanic roots go back hundreds of years. They intently plan to destroy the American infrastructure because America and its principles represent an existential threat to their design of global dominance. That's because we have always, as a traditionally independent people, with the willpower and strength of God within us, 
have never since our founding been unwilling to defy unjust authority. The globalist elites have two major obstacles in the American people. First is the American system based on the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Second is the dynamic that empowers a society when God is consciously involved by the people in their choices through the belief and powerful work of Jesus Christ. We must be deeply honest with ourselves. In the coming weeks and months, each one of us are going to have to make some very difficult choices. It'll be about where we want to put our priorities and loyalties. We have to be willing to personally engage in the process of changing our communities and ultimately take Jesus' commission seriously to disciple our own nation. Life as we know it cannot be blissfully expected to go on without each of us thinking strategically about everything that we've taken for granted for the last couple of generations. We'll need to make more careful choices on many things that we previously never had to give the slightest thought to. Our personal and intimate faith in the promises of our Lord Jesus Christ and the entire Word of God must be deliberately and thoughtfully involved in our everyday life or we'll lose the battle for our survival of our families and our own life. We need to help those around us come to grips with the fact that our society was built around the core of biblical ethics, the Judeo-Christian worldview. We can't be glib about reeling off trite Bible verses expecting to prove our points. Our founding fathers of America understood the power of recognizing the Almighty Creator above us all. It was the very core of their mindset, even if they were not zealous evangelists. America is the only country in history that put God on the throne above its people. Did you get that? America is more than an experiment. It became an openly declared society-wide agreement with God that was a covenant confirmed by the sacrificial blood of patriots who truly recognized no king but Jesus, which was the motto of many of the patriots of the day. The shocking thing to all of us, Christian and non-believer alike, is the complete collapse of that idea. And unfortunately, in the final analysis, that's why many believers today have bought into the pietist and escapist mentalities that simply wants to throw in the towel and give up. But we have to accept accountability for that mindset, the mindset that developed in our culture. Let's face it, most of us have not engaged in the processes of government involvement with the choices in our community, much less our nation. And we've used the excuse that we have busy lives so we avoid even taking the time to study the issues before we vote in an election. And half of Christians in America don't even vote. Half! We let others do the hard work, the dirty work of protecting our community, of educating our children, of growing our food, and working through all the issues that formulate the mindset of the next generation. We outsource almost everything that our comfortable life depends on. And whether it's policing our neighborhoods or defending our nation from invaders, we stupidly assume that the government will take care of us. Most of the kids who grew up after World War II have not served their country. Their idea of patriotism is shooting off fireworks on the 4th of July and singing the national anthem at a ball game. They're clueless about the battles and the warfare that makes freedom possible. 
and it starts with a battle for the mind and soul that is only decided on the battlefield of seriously engaging in the training and equipping of every young soldier who's preparing to face the enemies of life itself. Our country was uniquely designed to be anchored in personal faith in the scriptures of God. We, the people, deeply sensed our accountability to God and knew that our government was accountable to us. God is at the top. People are individually responsible and accountable to God. Government is built by and for the people. Government is subordinate to the people. But if you hear and see what government people are saying and doing today, it's clear that they actually think that they have complete power over the people to do things that are obviously not in the interest of righteous ethics and individual freedom. Unfortunately, too many people accept that as standard. They don't value the fact that citizenship demands responsibility and accountability for one's own actions and the watchful restraint on those who are appointed or hired to do the jobs that serve the people faithfully. And that's why we're forced to take accountability for the condition of our society at large. So when we realize that we are guilty of even a sin of omission, what's the only right thing to do? Repentance is the first step, and that's why Jesus began his ministry in Matthew chapter 4 with the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in our repentance, our straightforward challenge is to personally put God and his will at the front of every single thing that we do. This is what it means to be a true disciple and witness of Jesus Christ. It's not about joining a religious club. It's not about trying to be good and a nice person. It's not about going through any particular religious ceremony with the idea that that qualifies us for heaven or even saying a little prayer before we get off with the busyness of our day. This is about honestly and thoughtfully committing ourselves to a moment-by-moment -moment interaction with the Holy Spirit in all that we do. It's how abiding in Christ intimately distinguishes the overcomer from a half-hearted follower who gives up when the going gets rough. As I was preparing today's program, an old hymn came up on our Pandora music channel, Trust and Obey. I grew up singing that song with glad-hearted agreement with its truth. And I've often thought in recent years how the lyrics of this song need to be rediscovered by our present generation. Just two of the stanzas are challenging for any generation of genuine Christians to affirm, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. You've heard the refrain, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And then it goes on in the third stanza. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows, for the joys he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Everything that we do should be consciously and thoughtfully processed through our prayerful filter of submitting to God. It doesn't matter if it's casual choices or big decisions. Nothing is too small to be excluded from recognizing God's direction and guidance in our lives. This is a different way of living. 
It was once referred to as the ancient ways of living in Christ. The prophet Jeremiah challenged his generation as we must challenge ours. He said, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. What could be more targeted of a prophecy for any of today's people who have even the slightest inclination to a holy fear of the Lord God? Remember the righteous paths of our godly forefathers. Do we honestly desire to see God reset this nation with God on the throne over us? Or do we really have the arrogance to think that we can correct the problems for ourselves? Or worse, are we so careless to think that God wants his people to just stay in our little church boxes and stay out of community affairs? The slaves of demonic powers are pushing every angle they can to get you into fear of their threats and strife with your fellow man. This is what the globalist cabal has used for generations to keep regional societies like the European Balkans and parts of Africa and Asia in constant conflict with each other. If the salt of the earth in America are going to be used by God to purify and preserve our unique nation, it's only because those who are the light of the world will receive the boldness that the Holy Spirit pours out on those who earnestly wait on the Lord and abide in his presence. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Pastor Scott Kesterson shared a quote from a pastor friend worth sharing with anyone that you might be witnessing of God's grace and forgiveness. He said, If you doubt Christ, remember this, the demons don't. If you don't believe when you look around you at what's happening in this world that you are not witnessing the direct work of demonic and dark powers beyond the capacity of mere humans, you need to get past the media and do a little reconnaissance. The craziness that we're all witnessing that is ravishing this world is the work of satanic powers that can only be stopped if we actively and constantly take the humble position before God to intercede for God's mercy. If you know someone who does not see the merciful hand of God's providence on the forming and maintaining of this special country, then maybe this is not the right country for them. Listen to the second segment of Pastor Kesterson's podcast at the link that's provided on the notes for today's program at reclaimyourlegacy.com. He discusses the landscape of our nation at this time and gives some very meaningful suggestions as to what we really need to do and how we evaluate the challenges that are in front of us. It's becoming increasingly clear to increasingly more people that we've got to do everything that we can right now to peacefully protect our freedom by building a parallel society. And that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of thinking about things that, for the most part, most of us have never given a thought to for all of our lives. And that's why I seriously urge you to go to the website reclaimyourlegacy.com and get the rest of today's message the rest of the information that I don't have time to share with you on air today. Remember that your hope is in God, and if we didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, we would have no hope. This is Dennis Peterson. Thanks for being with me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. As you think about the insights that Pastor Kesterson shares in the second portion of his recent podcast, I found it very helpful to hear an assessment made by a respected African national leader who loves God 
and cares about the truth that is severely censored in the mainstream today, especially in science and medicine. See it at the link that is in the notes for today's program at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Dr. Michael McDowell from Trinidad, Tobago, a Christ follower, gives a bold, factual summary of the reality of COVID and the vax industry. This is a sobering must-see with hope only in God. But as Pastor Kesterson went on in his talk, he also shared that the injections being pushed are not only not working, they are killing people. The death shots are designed to alter our DNA and do many damaging effects to humans. Transhumanism is the goal of the powers behind the push to inject everyone. The push to inject kids is a direct effort to sterilize the youth, preventing the nation from survival. Once you inject yourself, you are dependent on Big Pharma to keep your immune system working because their poison has changed your immune system, and that's why they have 90-plus boosters scheduled. Pastor Kesterson goes on and lists a number of other things that we won't hear on the mainstream, like... Once you've gotten the shot, you've destroyed yourself. There's no nice way to say it. If you've taken the shot, you're an idiot because you paid attention to nothing but your fear. We must get past fear and focus on the redemption that we have available as people made in God's image. Too many people have bowed to the idea that if government tells them to do something, they'll walk off the plank. The unbelievable level of deceit causing many to cower to fear is designed to destroy our nation. How do we stop it? We can't stop the enormous machine at the top. It's too big, and the government has too many agencies complying with it. Even though the current regime is illegal, it has alliances with other corporate agencies. D.C. is a corporation. We have a corporate seizure of power tied in with big tech, big pharma, big banks, and all the economic elements upon which we have allowed ourselves to be dependent upon. Our schools are nothing less than communist indoctrination camps. To recover over time, determined, God-fearing people must steadily rediscover individual autonomy to stand up for your God-given rights. If you're willing to give up personal sovereignty over your body that is your creator's earthly temple, you're walking away from everything that makes you human. The poison is designed to corrupt what God created you to be in many ways because the biological genetic modifications enable the owners of that technology to license and own your physical body. So how do we fight back? We've got to think local and small, not big and global. And Pastor Scott Kesterson went on to list the seven pillars that can be executed by every household. Home churches. The Bible is central. Time daily to pray and worship. Bringing others in, built around biblical principles, not corporate 501c3 government churches. This redefines our communities within our counties. Homeschooling is second. We must remove our children from government indoctrination camps. Our communities must cooperate to do what it takes to educate our children. Now, let me pause there and simply say, 
As a homeschooling dad, my wife and I have homeschooled all four of our children. Our children are homeschooling their children. Many of them are. There's one that isn't able to at the moment. But the point is that home education, whether you share that responsibility with a private school or work within perhaps a charter school, has got to be a major priority in the days that we're facing ahead. Pastor Skesterson went on to talk about Patriot Gardens, kind of a remake of World War II Victory Gardens. He said, get back to growing your own food. Kill your lawn, grow a garden. Return to functional landscaping. Wean ourselves from corporate dependency. It's a nightmare. Self-sufficiency is the goal so you can share with your community. And then he went on to talk about right work is making the choice to step away from the corporate yoke. Being an independent contractor, owning your own business, or working for one is ultimately working toward a breakaway economy. And then, very importantly, Pastor Kesterson also talked about health and healing, well-being. It's a process to nurture our health. It's independent of the pharmaceutical and corrupted hospital system. Herbalism, exercise, diet, rest, and a nurturing routine— plus supporting medical practitioners that support those ways, like Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Madej, Dr. Naputi, Dr. Pilevsky, Dr. Northrup, and a host of others that we've often referred to on this program. Informed action is constant pursuit of knowledge, not only in your home to improve what you're doing, pursuing the knowledge of excellence and knowing your community, both elected and unelected, Know where the power is in our local communities and learn what must be done to right the situations. And then lastly, Pastor Scott Kesterson mentioned stewardship to overcome the consumer sloppiness that disregards what we accumulate. He talked about responsible order in our homes, eliminating clutter, sharing with others what we don't need, living humbly in ways that manage what we have to assure frugality and maintenance of quality. We've got to return to faith and self-sufficiency, independent of the big salary jobs focused on retirement and affluence. Serious changes are what we must do, and we must do it fast. I was particularly impressed by what Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab, wrote in a recent blog. He said, we must do everything we can right now to peacefully protect our freedom by building a parallel society. We've lost so much over the last 18 months, and we'll never get it back unless we start taking a stand right this second. That means putting in the work. You may need to find a new job. You may need to move. You may need to pull your children out of school. You may need to find a new doctor, a new church, a new everything. You may even have to show up at your local city council and school board meetings to let them have a piece of your mind. So what does a parallel society look like? Well, it looks like homeschooling your kids, turning off your television, deleting your Facebook account, reading your Bible, spending more time with your kids, moving to a better area near people who share your values, getting involved in local instead of national politics. Finding a church that isn't woke, supporting businesses who support your values, 
consuming content from people who share your values, and radically removing each and every last corrosive system of control and fear in the society that is governing your life. It's not going to be easy. Nothing worthwhile is. But it can and is being done by so many people in your exact position. So what is your freedom worth to you? Andrew Torba goes on and says, The freedom to worship in my church without permission from the state, the freedom to work without being forced to inject myself with a substance that I do not want in my body, the freedom to have a political opinion on the internet without being banned from banks and social networks, the freedom for my children to learn without having a disgusting and unhealthy dirty mask over their faces for eight hours a day and being told that they are evil for their skin color? And he asks, are these freedoms worth making an effort to preserve and protect? He says, absolutely. And if they are to you, you better start acting like it because no one is coming to save you. Not politicians, not presidents, only Jesus Christ saves and God helps those who help themselves. And I would add to Andrew's comment that God really does help those who pursue God intimately and seek his will in every area of their life. As it says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. So we're faced with a choice as we undergo one of the most radical power plays in human history by the global elite. We can shut up, put on the mask, take the four and counting vaccines and be treated like cattle, or we can peacefully take action by exiting their entire system and forging our own path forward in a parallel economy, a parallel internet, and a parallel society. To God be the glory. And I would add, just like it says in Psalm 78, particularly in verse 7, it says that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. In order to get there, the people of God need to pass on to the next generation and the next and the next the things of God, the acts of God, the power of God, the reality of God involved in our lives. And that's why a conclusion in Romans chapter 15, verse 13 is so appropriate. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.